Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. I was actually just watching your uh, your post-race interview this morning. You said you couldn't believe it at the time. Here we are coming up a week later. Are you still sort of floating on cloud nine or has it sunk in finally? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sunk in a bit a bit more now. It was, yeah, straight after the run, I was, I was still getting over uh, realising when the dog hit the front down the back. So I was, I was a bit stunned at the time, but yeah. Yeah, no, straight after the rocks, they sort of uh, hit me up for an interview and it's all just going to be shocked to me. Yep, yep. It, um, like, going into the race, like, how were you in terms of the draw? Like, obviously, you know, there was, it was a star-studded field, um, you know, with um, interstate chases. How were you sort of going into it? Did you think, oh, if he jumps? I know you did say after the race you thought if he jumped he had a chance. Um, is that sort of what you were hoping for all along? Yeah, it was. Once the once the draw came out, it's it sort of looked like they were going to jam them up uh, on the inside there, just with those natural patterns trying to shift off and couple trying to get the fence. So it was all just. If, I thought he may may have got a bit of room if he did begin his best. I was just fortunate enough he he did. He he just speared out on the night. Yep. And he had a bit of room early. Yep. At what point in the race, you know, were you? Um, were you nervous once he was in front and did you think, oh, geez, I hope he just holds on now? And, like, I can only imagine what it feels like. Was it just a surreal feeling to think, hang on, that's that's my dog in front? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a little bizarre because he um, his early speed was sort of the query going into it because he could begin on his day, but once he found the top, there was a, a slight little bubble behind him um, going through the catching pen, and when he got away, I thought, well, he's, he's, there's no weakness in him over 500, so that's that's when it all sort of kicked in that, you know, oh, my God, he's, he's hit the front. Yep. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, he, he's run 29.42, which was a new personal best for him. Was that, um, you know, did you always think he had that sort of time in him? Uh, well, probably more of, of the 29.50 sort of, Sort of, sort of was his mark, but um, I think I think they just had the tracking good nick, and he got a lot of clear running. So to, the the time was a it was a bit of a shock overall to see to run it to see him run twenty twenty nine four. But I, I thought he at his best he was a twenty nine fifty dog, but he's he's just put it all together on the night and everything went his way. Yep. Now, in winning that race, he, he notched up his 25th career win from only 61 starts. He's sort of one of those dogs, you know, he, he's a once-in-a-lifetime dog. Have you got any plans for him now um, moving forward? Are you going to perhaps target any more interstate races like he did with the Phoenix? Uh, yeah, that'll that'll be the plan. The uh, We did try to get, get him over for the Easter egg heats. Yep. But we just, we just couldn't get a flight in time to get the dog over there, and it was... It was a bit of an ask as it was uh, to get him there without having a look at the track or anything. But yep. he's seen he's seen a heap of tracks and he's flown all over Australia, so that wasn't that wasn't the worst part. It's just we couldn't we couldn't get a flight in time for the nominations. 
Yep. For the for the race, so but all going well. There's still a, a race here. Uh, I think the heats are next week. The Ludorza. So all going well. If you can pull up well enough, he'll he'll head over to Sydney and and we'll just have a crack at the million dollar chase heats. Yep, and you're right. It's a big ass sort of you know traveling all that way, and then you've got to you know take on the best dogs in Australia over a three week series. It you know um, it yeah it probably will work out in your you know your favor a little bit because you know things like that obviously tommy did it but you know it uh it takes a a pretty good dog to do it what um you know he's sort of one of those dogs that you know like like you were saying before he's changed your life what has he sort of done for you in western australia you know obviously everyone knows who he is now do you get people sort of just wanting to talk to you about him all the time now um not really. You get a few phone calls here and there, but we're we're pretty closed closed down with with COVID and everything. So you you get some phone calls and stuff like that, but it's more yeah. You've I've had a few people ring to to send some dogs over and and stuff like that, but yep. it's it's all pretty quiet here with restricted numbers on course and and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's a bit quieter than usual. Yeah, just going back to what you were saying about um, getting inquiries about sending dogs over. I mean, you know, every person I've interviewed from Western Australia, you know, we just reiterate how amazing you know the prize money is and and the racing on offer and what you can win. I mean, you know, you must um, you must think, geez, some of these you know dogs, especially over here in the eastern states, could really you know make a good go of it um, over in WA for sure. Yeah, it is, especially with young dogs. The the money coming through the grades over here is, you know, it's it's a lot of money through your maidens and novices if you have that that city dog. Which I don't I don't know if it's it's well known how good the money is or how yeah. it works. But the way the grading is over here, you know, you can you can win your maidens and novices, and you you've earned near twenty thousand dollars. Like it's if you get the right dog coming through the grades, the money over here is yeah, it's it's very good money. Yep. Now, take me back to the start. You know, you're only relatively young yourself and, and your partner. How did you, where did it all start for you? How did you get involved in dogs? And more specifically, when did you think, yeah, I want to have a, a crack at being a trainer? Oh, well, it all started with my parents just having a couple of dogs. They they only had a backyard, so they had two or three dogs um, just in the backyard and they sort of did it as a hobby. Yep. Because uh, they both grew up in dogs and they both worked full time, so we just had some dogs in the backyard. But I I got the bug at a young age, so I always wanted to be you know around around the dogs and working the dogs and all that. I was probably more of a pain than anything at the time, <laughs> but I I just I was just hooked ever since I could sort of walk down to the kennels more than anything, and um, I sort of wanted to have a crack as soon as possible. I always told told the old man that I, I wanted to be a dog trainer and <laughs> that was my goal so he once I once I heard about uh 16 17 he sort of said well if if you go and get a trade we'll we'll um we'll, we'll set you up with dogs and you can have a crack at it yep yeah nice nice and you know yourself now you've um you're training full-time now yeah I am so I uh, the parents they set the place up uh, probably five years ago. Yep. And then I work with them just building the yards and the kennels and all that sort of stuff. And I, I run my own business as an electrician. Yep. And then I sort of just got to the point where I could I could take over the property and they they've built a house elsewhere and sort of 
just left it all to me. So now it's all just dogs full time. Yeah, nice. What um, what's that transition been like? Obviously, from juggling working dogs to, um, you know, doing dogs full time. It, it must uh must be a bit uh, easier now, sort of, to give all the dogs the one on one attention that you you know you you need to give them basically. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a little awkward at first because I was still sort of running the business as well, trying to do some electrical work while I was um, sort of getting started in the greyhounds. But it's it's just it's worked out well. I've got a couple handy dogs coming through, and and they've sort of given me the chance to give the give the electrical work away and and just focus on the dogs, which it just makes it a lot easier around the property and stuff like that. Yep. What uh, um, do you guys just do the training side of it? Do you breed or rear or do anything else, or you just focus on the training for now? Uh, it's it's the training for now. The my dad breeds mum um, and mum and dad. They've got a couple brood bitches. They breed a couple litters here and there, and we just uh, rear them and break them in ourselves and, and train them. But it's not not on a large scale. It's probably a, a litter a, a year or every year or two. Yep. Now, what um, you said you've got a couple of handy ones coming through. Can you just help me out here so I can follow them and get some money? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, there's, there, there are some, there are a couple of dogs coming through. I had one in last night. He's just got a bit to learn, that Boots Old Tough. Yep. He was, a, he was a dog that got sent over from Victoria, but he's, he's a, it's a bit of a credit to the guys that, that sent him over here. They got him broken in and pre-trained. And he came here, and he just showed straight away that he was he was ready to go. He's he's a dog with a lot of early speed, but he's he's just got to settle down a bit to um, get used to racing and and show his best. He's he's a little full on, but there's there's no doubt the dog's got a motor. Yep, very um very well bred too. Raw ability. Who told uh, who told Lindy Lou? So the the breeding's there for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's he's breeding the purple. Is the lines the lines thrown all sorts? So yeah, it's just just getting him to settle down a little as a as a dog and get that transition into a race dog rather than a pup. Yep, and just sort of you know for anybody. Um you know, like we were saying before, you know, you're only young yourself. I get a lot of questions from people saying, oh, you know, I'd love to become a trainer. What do I need to do, blah, blah, blah. Do you have any, you know, advice for anybody looking to become a trainer? Especially, I know a lot of people that do juggle work with training, sort of they do it on a part-time basis. How did you sort of, you know, handle doing um, both? What were some of the key things that, you know, you, you built into your routine? Oh, uh, you a lot of the time, you just sacrifice sleep. To be honest, you, <laughs> you, I always, I always wanted to do dogs, and the the electrical was just just a financial benefit sort of thing that that sort of paid the bills. But it's it's hard in the sense oh, I always had someone here to help me out in the like transitioning into it. So it's it takes a lot of time and and effort to get into it, but. If you stick at it and it's it's something you really want to do, you just you if you grind it out, you you end up in a in a position where you can have a have a couple of dogs to train and and they just slot into your routine. Yep, a lot of um a lot of people say to me, you know, focusing more on the the training technical aspect, they say you know they focus a lot on you know obviously getting their feed right and working them. Do you have obviously now you've you've built up your own routine and you know how to feed them and look after them individually that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, that's that's one thing that electrical probably helped me out with a lot. Um, just working, obviously living in the Greyhound area over here, you you end up working 
doing uh, electrical work for people like your Chris Hulse and Linda Britton and the Credellis and Paul Stewart and all, even David Hobby. Yep. And you just end up talking to people like that and you, you pick up some ideas here and there and yep. you sort of you sort of you experiment a lot but you work out what works for you and, and you sort of go from there. Yeah, nice. Now you've won probably or equal, you know, on term in terms of the um, prize money and the scale of it, the Group One Perth Cup. What what's the goal now? Do you want to win it again next year, or have you got another sort of race you'd love to win now? Because you've uh, you've achieved probably the pinnacle already at a young age. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 a little bizarre to to think about it that way, but yeah, there's still there's still a long way to go. It's obviously the goal is to to win the Perth Cup again and, and have a dog like this to travel with and compete. But I'm not under any illusion. I know that these dogs are, are hard to get and you sort of just got to make the most of it while you can. But, yeah, the, the goal is always to compete in those races. Yep. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.